You read the Bible, Greg. You talking to me? I'm a long sample. Keep up. Wait, wait, let me let me explain something to you. Uh, I am not Mr. Lebowski. You're Mr. Lebowski. I'm the dude. I don't know how to put this, but I'm kind of a big deal. So what you want? Jesus freaking. I got a bad feeling about this. King Kong ain't got shit on me! Do I really look like a guy with a plan? Each and every man under my command owes me 100 net scouts. <laughs> Start see pictures, eh? Oh, wow. Thank you for that. Hello, and welcome to the Film and Loathing podcast for Sunday, September 5th, 2021. This is episode number 113, and I'm Jake. I'm Chris. And I'm Zach. Coming up this week, a little change here. We're going to be reviewing The Green Knight instead of Candyman. We'll also talk some other stuff that we watched and whatever else comes up along the way. So as always, thanks for downloading. Thanks for listening. Glad to have you with us. How are you guys this week? Not bad. What emoji is that? Is that Steve oh, Aoki? Okay. Yeah, it's the Aoki jump. <laughs> big fan. I'm a big I fan of. Le- I'm a big fan of LeBron one. How'd you get those, Zach? You just gotta customize your emojis. Okay, that seems like this old lady one. You're the old lady. What a bird watcher. They like spaz out, and they do like a lot of them. Oh, this is a it's fun not a bird watcher. It's Jane Goodall. Jesus Christ. Yeah, that's an old lady. What's this? She's mean? waving. Oh, that's cute. Oh, check this out. <laughs> <laughs> mm, that yeah. kind of made, made me hungry. Like Where the hell right. are you guys finding all these? These are not on my list. Under React, you have to click on that little edit icon. And then I know. I did click on the little edit one, and none of these are there. There's a shit ton of options. Like, I got a pizza option. I got a celery option. Dude, not on mine. I guess, you just, suck. Have, I guess you just have bitch. Oh, today. here we go. I'm fine. I found it. Let's get rid of the laughing one. I find it. But for some reason, it doesn't want to work. Skype unique? What the fuck is that? Anyways, this is some, this is some good podcasting. Listening to us just react to Skype emojis. <laughs> Which, um, you know, don't want to get into spoilers here, but that might be more fascinating than The Green Knight is. Oof. It's a hot take. Oh. Ooh, did I go there? Sorry, David Lowry. Chris, what made you think... I might, as, I might as well just get right into it. What made you think that I would give this movie a four and a half? I don't know. I thought you'd like it. It just seems like one of your movies. It's a slow burn. It's not like... It's eventful, but it's not like over the top. I don't know. You, you, you seem to like things that aren't over the top, in my experience. Of your my understanding of what you enjoy, and this definitely isn't over the top. It just kind of felt like it was within your uh, wheelhouse. It's within my wheelhouse. There's one 
glaring problem that I've realized. What's that? Um, are we are we just getting right into it? Are we just gonna start talking the Green Knight? I mean, I'm I'm still fucking around with this like the React emojis. I'm adding like a grasshopper and shit. Okay. <laughs> I'm just looking at all the. It has definitely gar- important. There's a fucking garlic in here. I mean, I guess before we get into that, like, I'm looking at. I keep a running list of like movies that I want to watch before the end of the year. And I mean, I would say I still have like 10 that I would like to watch. <laughs> but as of right now, like, 2021 has fucking sucked. It's been like awful. Like, I'm not crazy about the Green Knight, but it's still like currently sitting at my number six movie of the year. Yeah, how terrible is that? Like, what the fuck? Does Nomadland count as a 2021 release? No. Technically. No way. Technically, Nomadland was not released in the United States until 2021. Yeah, but does it matter if it's released in the United States? Dude, it was in the Academy Awards last year. We live in the fucking United States, don't we? Yeah, but why do we have to go off the United States standards? Because we, we live in the United is. States. Yeah, well, it's very, you know, self-centered, you guys. The release date for Nomadland is February 19th, 2021. That's the official release date. Yeah, and okay. the official Minari release date is February twelfth, twenty twenty one. So that movie is also available. Well, Min- Minari's though. Psycho Goreman counts, right? Twenty twenty one. Goreman does count. Oh, thank God for that. Like, like just just to put it in perspective, currently my number ten movie of the year is Judas and the Black Messiah. Whoa. Yeah. That counts. This it came out in January. Shit, did well, it? I'll tell you what. I don't yeah. even have ten movies in my top ten. So, well, I mean, I just like I just rank the movies as I watch them through the year. I just like I like to get a tally going. Like, and I I haven't even come up with like one of these movies is a stretch to even consider it on this on this list. Not because of the year, but because of like what the movie is. I think it's a stretch. But like that's what that's where we're at. Like I'm I'm really considering rewatching Army of the Dead and just trying to force myself to like it enough to make it number ten. I don't know if it's coronavirus or just where the film industry is heading or a combination of the both, but it's tagging. And Chris, you were talking. You guys were talking about earlier. When does baseball fade out? When does yeah. fucking movies? What does movie theaters fade out? When is that just done? Uh, I hope movie theaters die this year. I hope not. I fucking I love going to the movies. Like I hate when I hate going to the movies? Like when are movies just done? Movies are done probably never, but I, I do th- foresee a world. I, w- I will say this: I think what COVID has done is that the age of the blockbuster might be over for a while. Because I'll tell you what, I think I think that I had said it. I had said when Endgame came out that movies were dead. 
that blockbusters were dead. Like, and we have seen that trend. We're, we're reaching a point where, like, when movies have to make a billion dollars profitable, like, that's the downfall of everything. Oh, that's the thing. They don't have to make a billion dollars to be profitable. No, no, no. MGM was looking to sell James Bond to a streamer, like, to a streaming service, and they needed to sell it for at least $700 million to make a profit on it. Yeah, dude, that's insane. Like that's not the movie itself, or you mean like the franchise? You understand, like the budget. When you look at like an IMDb or like a Wikipedia page, and they list the budget, that is literally the amount of money it took to make the movie. It does not account for marketing. Typically, when you look at a budget, you can multiply it by two, and that is your budget plus marketing. So yeah, like a movie like Avengers cost over five hundred million dollars to make. So maybe it's just time to reevaluate what a movie can be rather than, you know, like what a movie should be, I guess. Is well, I mean, say. I would say that this is a perfect <laughs> for a movie like The Green Knight, because if you can make a movie for less than $20 million, it doesn't need to make a billion. It needs to make like $80 million to make money. But I think there's also a problem where, like, if it's not going to make a billion dollars, then nobody even cares to make it. That's another huge problem. It's like if you can't make an insane amount of money, like nobody wants nobody wants to take it. I mean, they've seen like, what the possibilities at, are. Like that's why I'm saying it's not about like demolishing of movie theaters. It's about reevaluating what movies are. Well, no. So what basically what we're the problem, right? Is that so a movie like Suicide Squad, Suicide Squad has only made is made like less than 200 million. And that is considered, like, a financial failure. And, like, Suicide Squad basically has flopped. But, like... Not at a fault of its own, though. In the past, movie studios needed theaters. Because theaters were the only avenue in which they could release movies. We are now in this age of streaming where we don't need theaters anymore. Well, no. Like, I understand, like, things can go straight to streaming, but that doesn't mean that the theater is just going to disappear because that was the original intent of movies being made was to get put on a theater screen. Yeah, but I'm saying, like... That's, like, the perfect viewing experience for a movie. So, theater theaters are not ideal for studios because they take half of the revenue. So, like, if you can make a movie and give it to a streaming service for X amount of money... That's a more ideal scenario than putting it in a theater where wherever that movie makes, you're only making half of that because the theater company takes half. I think what's also fucked up about movies too is it's supposed to be the quote-unquote ideal movie-going experience, and you've got you know people like Denny Villeneuve who are saying that you know everything they do has to be put on a theater. Christopher Nolan says this. Then you go to the movies and they've got shit audio. Or they fuck up the presentation and look like garbage. Yeah, go to a fucking Railroad Square Cinema and watch a watch a two and a half hour Martin Scorsese movie in the wrong aspect ratio, and I guarantee you'll walk out of that screening being like, I should have just watched that at home. I'm sorry, I just don't enjoy movies at home as much as I do in the theater. Hey man, I'm, I'm with you, like, but it's just like sitting it's not at that home. I just like enjoy watching at a theater. Is that I despise going to the theater, in which my enjoyment of that experience 
is so many variables go into that that I could end out like I could walk out hating it. So like the last theater I went to was to see The Invisible Man, and there were Whoa, people fucking that's a long time ago. There were people like on their phones. There was people talking. Like if I can pay to not experience that and just watch it at home, I would rather do that. You're kind of getting the world that you want then. I know. I hate movie theaters. I hope they all die. Do you hate movie theaters or do you hate what you hate just like the people at movie theaters? I don't see how a theater is a profitable business anymore. I don't enjoy going to them. I would rather watch things at home in which I can control every aspect of the environment in which I'm watching it. I still remain hopeful for things like um, Last Night in Soho, uh, Dune. I think Dune's going to be terrible, but that's... It's possible. It's quite possible. But I just also feel like there's just there's just trash coming out. Like it doesn't feel just just what my take. It doesn't feel like there's anything coming out that anybody's really passionate about. It's like what is really hot right now? What can we make a quick buck off of? And like let's just slap a script together and shoot it real quick and put it out there and people eat it up. And that's what that's all it feels like. Well, I mean, if it's the, what. If, it's what people have been saying, like, for probably, like, the last five years. Like, the best stuff that's being released is on TV. What do you mean? Like, like you mean, like, the movies, or, like, you mean television No, no, no like, 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 shows. Like, the best content that has come out in years is on television. Like, in what, in what series? True Detective, Twin Peaks to Return. I uh. would put both of those over any movie that I, I mean Chernobyl seen. Chernobyl's been better than anything I've seen um I've only seen the first couple episodes of Watchmen when it first came out I would like to w- watch it again but that was more gripping than anything I've seen of late um it's just like okay so take okay so you t- let's take Nomadland right I love Nomadland and I had liked the director Chloe Zhao I had liked her a lot but now, like, you get a couple indie hits, and now all of a sudden you're directing the fucking Eternals for Marvel. Like, this is where we're going. Like, you get to you do some independent. You can't get mad at them for that. I, I can't get mad at uh, Chloe. She's fucking cashing in, and like, but it's just Good like. Good for her, dude. I, yeah, I, I'm happy for her for that regard. But then, but that's like, that's what it is. Like, you have these, like, independent people who just want to tell, like, unique stories that we're not really getting now. And then you just immediately pluck them. Now they direct a fucking shit Marvel movie. And, like, we get we just get the same fucking shit from them. This, like, these Marvel's productions. This is why, like, this is why I think, like, theaters closing is beneficial. Like, like if you want to watch Shang-Chi and the Eternals, that should be available to you. It is available to you on Disney+. Plus. Let them have their streaming service. You can watch all the fucking Marvel content that you want. And now you can focus on, like, making cheaper movies that don't have to make as much money to be profitable. Like, I mean, even think of, like, even yeah, going back to But they still need to be, like, watchable. Like, the thing is, is that, like, you have a movie like The Green Knight, which isn't a bad movie, but how many, like, what what's the ceiling for how many people would realistically watch The Green Knight compared to Shang-Chi and The Ten Rings? 
if I even got the name of the movie right. More people are going to go see Shang-Chi than they are the Green Knight. Well, that's what I'm but saying, the, though. Is that like I but know that's, that's need... a problem with movie theaters, not the movie. Like, the I think it's a problem with the movie. Theaters. I would say that's a problem with the viewers because at that point, if nobody's willing to see the Green Knight, but they're willing to see Shang-Chi and the Chen Rings, it's because they're getting more gratification from a movie that is uh, a copy of, you know, 10 before it. Rather than well, something that was an original piece. Another but problem Shang-Chi is that we're getting is, really is more of a it's more of a cultural staple, right? It's a Marvel movie. Sure. And so the problem is like, if people are picking like, let's say you're picking one movie a month to go to, because it's so fucking expensive to go to the movies, then yeah, you're probably going to pick the big one that's coming out that month, and you're not going to take a chance on something smaller. But if that smaller movie is available to you in a different service that's not a movie theater that you can pay less money for, then yeah, I think people would be more willing to take a chance on things without having to pay a hundred bucks to see it in a theater for their family. Well, I also think like, I think also think just as consumers, we're just getting dumber and lazier. Like I think someone's going to watch the green Knight, and they're going to hate it because they're, it's slow. Sometimes the dialogue is hard to understand. David Lowry is trying to be, what? There you go. That's why I watch everything at home. I watch everything with subtitles. Yeah, okay, that, that. Ruins a, that ruins a view experience for me. But just to, but to finish out my point, you take The Green Knight and Shang-Chi. Shang-Chi is mind-numbing. There's nothing you have to think about. There's a little bit of like very derivative plot building and character building. There's some CGI fight sequences. You have fun for two hours, whatever it is, and you go home and you go back to your stupid fucking life. You don't have to think about you don't have to digest the Green Knight and think about what it like what it quote unquote means. I mean, that's what you could, somebody could make the argument that Shang Chi and the Ten Rings is more of a move is more of like true cinema than you know the Green Knight ever was. The Green Knight is like somebody could argue, make that argument because at that point, what the start of movies was was just a way for people to get out. It was cheap, like it was cheap. I and now mean, going to the movies think... is expensive, but like people went to the theater in order to to get away from all the shit that was outside in the outside world, right? Yeah, And they, they went to saw stupid comedies and, and, yeah, which was great at the time, but come on. And I think there's there's room for both movies to exist. The problem is, like, the mechanism in which you digest those movies, which for the last hundred years has been theaters. It's if true. Anything change, went to a theater. If you can change the way in which we are watching movies, which streaming certainly has done, there's now ample room for all things that anyone could possibly enjoy to exist. The problem is that they have to be made cheaper so that they don't have to be as profitable. So if that not enough people watch them, you can still make money on it. I would I, I would really... say that the I would say that the the scales I wouldn't say the problem is how you ingest the media or like where you ingest it. I would say the problem is like how the scales have tipped so far in favor of these people that want to make these billion dollar movies because they've come to realize that they can make so much more money producing those. I guarantee that Disney has made so much more money on Marvel merchandise than they have any sales for a movie. Yeah, but they don't have the merchandise without the movie itself. These characters have existed for nearly seven decades. And you think they're going to make money off of Iron Man stuff and have it be as profitable of a business as it is without having Robert Downey Jr. 
be Iron Man. Okay, well, think about think about things like WandaVision, Falcon and the Winter Soldier, and Loki. Those are not movies. These are made for television, like to put on their streaming service, and they did just fine. Like I'm not saying saying the age, the age of the movie costing two hundred million dollars, three hundred million dollars to make is over. Because they're just not going to get the same return anymore. And I'm saying that that is a good thing. Yes, but I don't think that has really... I understand, like, it can make it cheaper when it goes straight to streaming services. You you need a theater to make a billion dollars, right? Like well, also, the, well, the big problem with Marvel is that when you get something that's so big as they are now and digested by such a wide range of viewers, you the the amount of risks you can take in your story gets cut every single time because the more people you bring in now it's like okay we have more people to please so you can't take any risk you can't take any creative risk you can't take any story risks like nothing like you know what you're gonna get when you go in and like Uh, that's hurting things too what was that the dog did he just puke no he's just coughing he's fine oh yeah covid Right. He's got the Delta variant, dude. He's lost the taste and smell. Probably. It's actually like shit. Like probably, <laughs> like for real, probably. Like I'm glad a movie like The Green Knight gets to be made, but like I just like, you're just gonna start seeing so like less of this stuff because it's like I'm sure this didn't really do all that well. So now the next time something like this comes up, they're going to assess this and be like, well, I don't know. How about we just do like this fifth iteration of this comic book that no one's heard of instead of doing this story or something? Well, I mean, that's somewhat unfair because the Green Knight isn't made by Marvel in Disney. The Green Knight is made by a company that has constantly taken chances on things. And I think if anything, like they have proven that there is an audience for such things, there probably just isn't one like right now. It's niche. It's very niche. I would agree that this movie can perform well and make its money back. I just think it was released at probably like the worst possible time. Could be true. Well, you guys didn't see this in a theater, so I happened to. I. Oh, you didn't see? Did you see the trailer? Was there a trailer for a movie called Lamb in front of it? Yes. Fuck no. I'm not seeing that shit. I'm not seeing that fucking movie. I want to see just because I'm so curious as to what this is about. It's about these people taking a lamb as a child. No, no, it's literally a part lamb, part human. Yeah, and the lamb gives birth to it. But they see it as part human, so they take it as a child. But the lamb wants it as the child since it birthed it. It is its mother. So they're had like a constant battle with this fucking sheep. I can't. I mean, I'm curious about it for sure. It's too uh, it's too off the wall for me. I can't wait. We got a movie called Pig this year and a movie called Lamb. This is great. Shove first oh. cow in twenty twenty one, and we've got the whole fucking farm. Yeah, we started with first cow, and now we've got pig. We got lamb. There's that TV show on Netflix about the part deer, part human child. Oh, that's great. This is hard we're right slow, now. We're slowly moving into the fucking. Um, Furry territory. 
That means inevitably we're gonna get like a crocodile movie, part crocodile, part kid. Or I'd something. watch that though. Like I'd watch that. That would be interesting as shit. I mean, we did get that pseudo crocodile Dundee sequel. Did we? Someone. All right. Well, let's get let's get talking about the Green Knight because I got I got some questions I wanted to bring up and ask you guys about this movie. So Bruce Willis was dead the whole time. The Green Knight, written and directed by David Lowry. Uh, it stars Dev Patel, Alicia Vikander, uh, Joel Edgerton, Sean Harris. Uh, the plot synopsis is, very simply put, a fantasy retelling of the medieval story of Sir Garwin and the Green Knight. So what did very you guys... I know, very descriptive. Uh, what did you guys think of the Green Knight? I liked it. Yeah, I mean, I I certainly liked it. I will say I loved the first 30 minutes, and I loved the last 30 minutes. I think everything in between kind of drags. Yeah, that's basically my thoughts on the matter. I would say there's only one part that actually dragged for me, and it was when he um, got into the house with those Joel Egerton and fucking uh, what's it, whatever her name is. Alicia Vikander. Vikander, yeah. Shit. That was the only part that dragged for me. Um, I was going to say, so I've seen this movie. I've got th- I've had $30 invested into this movie, Chris. I want to like it so badly, and I just can't. Why not? You know what my problem is? Hmm. Okay, Chris, you're my you're my friend, so I'm gonna yeah. give you the truth. I'm gonna give you the truth here. Lay down the dirty deets. It's David Lowry. You don't like David Lowry? I don't. And I liked a ghost story when I was 21. I think if I watch it now, I would vomit. And he just has this way of trying to make things way more precious than they need to be. And I think my big problem with this movie is that it's unnecessarily cryptic and trying to be like whimsical. And I just don't think it works. Like, I think it can be like whimsical and whatnot. And but I don't think it needs to be as cryptic as it is. Yeah, I mean, you're dancing around the word that I know you want to use, which is that this pretentious, movie is incredibly pretentious. pretentious. <laughs> yeah, like, I, I, I'm not going to hold that as a criticism against this movie because i feel like most of the time fantasy in general has an air of pretension to it so i it's a valid criticism but i think it it, it almost comes with the territory you know what this movie seems to me it seems like you take the green knight and you cram it through a david lynch dave eggers ari aster filter and you get Green Knight on the other side. Like the one thing it's that produced, I will say. I mean, what did you? What would you that, want from this other than what was given? Like, okay, I guess my big problem is like, I don't think it's that. It seemed pretty obvious to me what this movie is about, but I think what he's presenting to you, it makes it so confusing because it's supposed to be about this childish knight 
who's like right is childish and not very noble and then it's about his attempt to gain that nobility but what you see in them like and like the only reason i can pull and i don't i can't pull that from the movie i only know that because it's so obvious that this is what it should be about and i know that it's what it's trying to be about but all the things that happen throughout it i think you could argue is not telling you that at all and i think that's a huge problem with the movie i mean i I want to give credit where credit is due, because whether or not like you like his methods of storytelling, David Lowry and whoever the cinematographer is on this movie, they know how to shoot a fucking movie. Like it looks amazing. But they only know how to shoot a movie because they're ripping off like other techniques that were done better elsewhere. Like the production design of the Green Knight is amazing. Sound and design like, of the how, Green Knight was incredible too. I never thought I would never would have thought to do that. Oh, like and the how tree sounds, how pounding he is like when he walks and shit. Swinging. It's that that I will give him props for that because that stuff is so good. The Green I just Knight think is so fucking bassy. It's incredible for, for a movie about a man going on a quest. This movie is way too boring. <laughs> yeah, but that's the thing. Like the Green Knight is like perhaps the greatest character to be on screen in 2021. Um, except for and, Michael Gorman. Yes. Except for Psycho Gorman. <laughs> and Chris, we had talked about, I was texting you about this, like everything to do with the green Knight, I loved, like I love the, op- like the opening 30 minutes, like when the green Knight comes in with his mystic message. Yeah. Um, I love the sound. Of, like you're saying the sound design is incredible. Like casting Ralph Innocent as the green Knight. It's a great choice. Like I love his voice. It's perfect for that. Mm-hmm. Um, all of that stuff is incredible. Like I just think like the like, and I like people going on a journey to like find something out at the end. Like I like those kind of stories because you can use like things that happen along the way to reinforce your story. And I don't think that this uses it very well. Where does it start to drop off for you? Um. I think it starts to drop off when he goes to that house and he sees the ghost for the first time. Yeah, I didn't really understand. Like, and the thing is, is that like I remember watching this and thinking like, why is he being? Why is he having to go through all this in order to get to the end? And I understand that like his it's his journey and there has to be something exciting in between. And I kind of just chalked it up to like normally in these types of stories you see like there are people who have to go through three trials in order to get like to the end. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So he has to go through the house. He has to um, get fucking kidnapped. The robbers. Yep. The robbers and then uh, to get fucking jerked off <laughs> by Alicia Vikander. You know? Yep. He has to go through his three trials. And I thought that that was just like very interesting and cool that they stayed true to the classic um, order of things within the tale itself. And I, I thought but that I was the, cool. But like the th- but what I hate is that he like – Instead of just making the scene good and, like, grounded, it's like he's forgoing that to do some, like, cryptic imagery of, like, him in a bottomless lake with red light shining. And it's just like, okay, like, this is cool shot, but, like, this isn't adding anything. Like, you're just trying to be, like, bizarre and different for the sake of being bizarre and different. And I'm sorry, David Lowry, you're not David Lynch. But I don't I don't I know see your that. Initi- I know your initials are the same. But you're not. You're I don't not see David that Lynch. as a flaw. Those, the only those, thing that I saw as a can be said against David Lynch. 
Yeah. There okay, are parts of like, Twin he Peaks made that his are weird career. and bizarre that only feel weird and bizarre for the sake of being weird and bizarre. Okay, but at least – but he made his career off of doing that. So then it's just in the same vein. David Lowry is just trying to do something different. Okay, kudos trying to do something different. It just didn't work for me. The only I, part not, I would say that I'm didn't work is when he's on the ground rotting. But like I, mean, I, I think when David Lynch does it, it's to create atmosphere. And I would say that's the my big criticism of this movie, is that it doesn't know what it wants to be. Like, it knows what it has to be by the end, but getting there, it doesn't know what it wants to be. Because there are moments in which it leans into horror. Honestly, I wish this was just, like, a straight-up, like, horror movie. But, you know, I wish everything was a horror movie, because it would be better. I think this would have worked really well as a horror movie. I would like, say you that could this... create... Like, you, you set it up perfectly. Like, you you behead the Green Knight. You know that in one year's time, he will be coming to do the same. You could create so much dread in that one-year sequence that then just climaxes with the Green Knight coming back. And, like, there's your perfect horror movie. Yeah, now but the thing is that go... he has to seek him out. Okay, fine. So he does that instead of the Green Knight coming back. But, like, I would, like there's the atmosphere in this movie is good and then it's terrible and then it's like it like actually like i said it just does not know what it wants to be most of the movie chris i misspoke to you when i said the movie drops off when he goes to the house i misspoke the movie drops off where he cuts off the head of the green knight and then it goes and instantly title card a two quick year later <laughs> fuck you david lowry you want that year i thought i want that year but like Let's get a little bit more creative than a title card that says a two quick year later. I just don't see how you can like, I, I guess there are ways you could do it. It's just, it doesn't, it takes away from the meat of what he really wants to do, which is talk about like this guy's journey of, of towards bravery or courage, I guess. It's supposed to be about growing up and like yeah. facing your destiny or whatever. So like that whole year, waiting for the green knight that is where like you think it is right because you're supposed to be a, you, you don't think you think this is a game you don't think this is real you don't think the green knight's coming for you so you just keep dicking off until finally like the times comes right now you gotta pay now you gotta pay the piper so now you're forced with a decision do i grow up here or do i keep being this child and i don't think at any time do you definitively get him growing up except for when you no. except for when you no. sto when story you, literally you have, have to, to. Exactly. You have to have him grow up. He does. At the end of the movie, when it's like, "Whoa, shit! We spent two hours getting here. I guess you kind of have to, right? Because that's the story." And then you just magically do nothing along the way. Leads me to believe that he was, his like childishness was tested. To he needs to grow up now. I mean, he literally lived an entire lifetime in a flashback. So, like, you don't think that that's enough, you know, for for enough of a time for him to come to terms with growing up. I no, think that, that, that whole that flashback is merely there as a plot device to show you that he has grown up. Nothing like you should know that he's grown up every second prior to that scene should be him incrementally growing up, but it doesn't. So they need to insert said flashback showing him growing up so that he can be justified at the end. That so flashback I scene kills the whole fucking movie for me. So oh, I thought I that that was. It. So I thought that that was more of a reading of how his life could have gone, and it was dishonorable. So it was best to just 
die right there as an honorable man. Yes. That's how I took that. Yeah, but I don't see that as a copo. I see that as Oh, it's a uh, huge copo. When you wrap up the last four minutes of your movie in a fake like go ahead of what his life could be to then end where it does, huge cop out. I don't think so. I think incredible cop out. That's the laziest storytelling. Dude, Chris, if I submit that if I submit that to a competition, okay, and they give me feedback. They're going to tell me this is really fucking lazy. You need to change your ending. That's fine. You know, they they can have their opinions all they want. All I'm saying with the execution of the movie, I would have been more interested in the events that occurred through the events that occurred that he stays a little bit through the entire movie. And then at the very end, they, as you guys say, quote, unquote, cop out and have him live basically see an entire life of what's going to happen if he decides to run away. Like I'm fine with that. I find the story yeah. a whole lot more interesting if he does that. If they if he David Lowry leaves it as him bitching out and just running away, I'm fine. I'm totally fine. I would I'm prefer also that fine with over that. what we get. Because it's it's not his death in the end of the movie spoiler alert, he gets his fucking head cut off. But like I mean, we don't know that. Like we know it, but we don't know that. Like if if he the movie ends by him just running away, then at the same time like that is still about something. But instead we get this cheap moment of he gets an unwarranted death. Like his death is not in honor be by what we've seen in the movie. It's by honor in which we don't even know if what we're seeing is actually what would happen in the first place. It's just, it's this what do you mean, like a flashback on? isn't real? It's not a flashback, it's a flash or, forward. Or flash forward, okay, fine. So you're telling it's me that... It's a flash like, forward to what could happen in theory. We don't even yeah, know if that's how things would play it's out. It's a version of the future if he runs away. Yes. So you don't, you don't take that as truth? You're not accepting no, no. that as truth? I'm saying we have nothing to believe. Okay, you can't fucking sit there and argue that, like, well, we don't know if he gets his head cut off, and then say, well, that is a definitive version of what his life would be. Because we don't know. I mean, we don't know. I'm not saying that we do. I'm just saying that, like, having that been the only information provided, you don't take that as, you know, as as the more likely scenario. I'm gonna. I would. I can tell you right now that a better movie is starting with him running away from the Green Knight, cutting his head off, and then we get to see his life just turn to shit. I would much prefer that movie than this one. I prefer that movie, and I would also prefer the Year of Dread, where he has to like wonder if the Green Knight's actually coming for him, compared to what we get. Because I also think his three trials—they're so weak. I mean, that's what I like about it, though, is that it's like because the thing is, is that the only other thing I really have to compare it to out of movies I've seen that are Arthurian tales is fucking Guy Ritchie, you know, like <laughs> fucking King Arthur, and that's completely different. None of this is like super over the top. This is all. For lack of a better term. Sorry. Sorry, none of this is over the top? I would say none of this is like, or here's what I should say. It takes itself seriously. Like, it's not meant to be telling a story um, for the for the uh, exhilaration and the, um, fuck, what's the term I'm looking for? The grandiose events. Like, you're not seeing anybody go to war. You're not seeing, like, what people typically think of when they think think of a world like this. You're seeing just a guy on a journey. And it's very 
grounded in how it takes itself because you see those giant people and sure they're like crazy thing to look at they are huge they are a big statement or quote-unquote statement but cut i'd cut that scene i mean i would too i thought that that was the weirdest thing to put in there but like having like you look at stuff like that and and it's it's not like i said it takes itself very seriously in that moment and it's not anything besides him just looking at it because that's what would fucking happen? Like, he wouldn't charge at it with a sword and try and be the hero in that moment because there's nothing to be a hero of. It takes itself as a realistic um, event. I do wish there was a scene where he was riding on the people, like the hobbits, and on tree, riding on Treebeard. And one of the things was just like, Treebeard, some call me. <laughs> Shit. I just... Stylistically, I like most of the movie. I just think this movie, for a man who's been quoted as saying that the 2020 pandemic forced him to almost want to quit making movies. I wish he and had. Then, and then when he decided not to, that his movies better have something to say. This is a movie that has nothing to say. Yeah, well, like it has something to say. It's just... What it has to say is so obvious that you don't even have to try. I like that's my big think... problem is like I get what this is trying like right from the beginning I'm like okay I get what this is trying to show, but like I don't I don't really see anything of him that's being like childish or reckless. Like so he wakes up in a brothel. Okay, what what night in that time wasn't fucking around in a brothel? I mean like. I feel like we need way more stuff that shows him being this childish person that needs to grow, quote unquote, grow up. Yeah, but it's meeting us on our terms. Like I think – like him wanting to prove himself to his king uncle, that makes more sense to me than him needing to grow up. Yeah, but like you have you have um, a movie that's about something that is completely off the wall as far as our reality is concerned. It has to meet us on our terms somewhere. Now there's a better story. He needs to prove himself to his uncle, so he bitches out from the Green Knight and comes back with a completely made-up tale about how he bested the Green Knight again to be this noble person, and then that lie haunts him. That's the better movie. Hmm. Oh, we've come up with three better movies than the one we've got. Fuck and- David Lowry. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, give me a fucking Hollywood contract. This is ridiculous. It's really, I mean, you guys keep getting pissed at David Lowry, but maybe this is, like, all the fault of the story itself written by Anonymous. Well, he wrote the script, so I'm not going to, like, let him have a pass. If the source material sucks, don't make a movie about it. Like, go fuck yourself. (laughs) Yeah, but I'm just saying, like, like, you can't get... I mean, it is, but it isn't. Like, you can't get mad at David Lowry because he followed the general story of of the source material. No, you can't, because, like, if he took the source material and he decided to, you know, not go on with the source material, that like, he decided to take it and take it in a different direction, at that point, like, you're not staying true to your source material. Chris, I'm going to ask you the biggest question I've ever asked you. Hmm. How much is David Lowry paying you to say all this? (laughs) How much I'm saying, I don't think the movie is as bad actor. as you guys are giving it credit for. Yes, actually, he's a crisis actor. How much are you being paid? <laughs> Dad, stop. I'm, just, I'm, just I'm saying, not like, a crisis you, actor. I was literally there. Like, let's say, like, you wanted to make a movie about, I, I don't know, like, 
let's let's say you wanted to make a movie about said subject, and then you do research and you're like, said subject is very fucking boring, and then you continued to make that movie. That is no longer the fault of the source material. That's your problem. Yeah, but it's not just about the subject. It's about the story itself. Like, it's a good story. It is. Like, I feel like yeah, there's the no way around it. The story the itself the is a good is a story. Good story. It's a classic tale. Mm. He did a terrible job adapting it. I disagree. <laughs> I think the execution was <laughs> How beautiful. much is being paid? Tell the, me! There was only a couple Chris, things that I, many... I, I disagree with in how he made the movie. Like, I do agree with you. Chris, that how many, no, no, is... no. I want to know. I want mm. to know. How many times have you read Sir Gawain and the Green Knight's tale? <laughs> None. You have such a reverence for the source material; it has to be followed truly. So, how many times have you read it? I'm just take. I'm just giving David Lowry credit as following the source material of the movie. Uh, but you don't the, even know that he did because you haven't read it. No, but I'm assuming that he he is following well, through with the originality of the source material. All the source material. Yes. Like an asshole. Like an asshole. <laughs> yeah, whatever. This could be nothing like the source material, and you're defending the guy without even knowing if it's anything like the source material. I would say I'm just giving him credit uh, for something that I would do. That's, then say that. Don't say, well, it's good because you followed the source material, when you have literally no basis on that claim because you don't even know the source material. Did I say that it was good because that's what he was doing? You're giving him a pass because he's beholden to the source material, but you don't even know if that's true. I think it's safe to assume that if somebody is telling a story, they're following Why the source material. Assume that? You think Guy Ritchie's beholden to his fucking source material on King Arthur? I would say that he's following the general story of King Arthur, yes. Okay, so now as long as you hit the general story beats, you're true to the source material. Well, I'm just saying, I'm just saying, like... If Disney, their telling of King Arthur, I would say that it is true. It is beholden to the source material as well as Guy Ritchie's version of King Arthur. They're, it's not like they're going to just add stupid characters. And that, that was the only criticism I released. That was a huge criticism of um, the fucking Hobbit series is that they they didn't stay beholden to the source material. And I haven't seen anything saying that this is they didn't stay beholden to the source material in this movie. So I, I have to assume that he was staying true to it. Okay, like he was following just, the story. Just to that was move told. on from this source material stuff because it's boring. Right. Who gives a shit? Kind of like the Green um, Knight. Kind of the Green Knight. I, I got some story <laughs> questions for you guys. Maybe you know. So is the beginning? So when the Green Knight comes, right? There's the whole scene of his, Sir Gawain's mother and like two other people, essentially create, doing this ritual. Is it to assume that they created the Green Knight? Yeah, they I was summoned them. About that as well. Sorry, say that again, Zach? I was a little confused about that as well. Because if they created him, I don't really I don't I don't get the point. Like his mother created it because she wants him to grow up. Like I'm really confused about what that's all about. That was my assumption. But then like he does it only to he do, only does it to impress the king because the king because he said he had no stories to tell him. But then like his mother also knew what would happen so that she knew her son was going to die to take up this challenge. Not if he kept the belt. Also, I don't get the belt. I don't get the belt at all. Because she gives him a belt, he loses the belt, then Alicia Vikander gives him a different belt. Also, why is Alicia Vikander playing two different characters? Yes. Good question. 
I don't get that at all. I was here's here's what I was anticipating, right? Like because he wants to be like we like he has that shot of like basically Dev Patel's skull like on the ground and then it pans all around and then there's the real Dev Patel. Yeah. And like I was really anticipating like when Alicia Vikander like has that belt. I was just really thinking like, oh okay, Joel Edgerton is the grown version of Barry Keegan and this is the grown version of that girl. And like we're just now in some weird like thirty years in the future. Like that's what I was thinking was gonna happen. I was like <sighs> disliking this. I, I honestly like started very, very high and then I, I just disliked the movie more and more as it goes on. I'm just left with a lot of plot questions, which like I think because it's like because of the story they're trying to tell, like some of those beats are important to him becoming like his character development to get to where you end. And I just don't I just don't get any of his trials like I kind of get him being tempted by the guy's wife because I have read that that is part of the story or a part of an Arthurian story. Where a guy has his wife try to seduce a knight to test his nobility. So I think that kind of makes sense. But I don't get that Joel Edgerton has the hots for him. Hey, whatever, man. You didn't know that Sir Gawain was gender fluid? Sir Gawain? (laughs) (laughs) I don't get the fox. Like... Like, it looks terrible, first of all, but... Yeah. Yeah, it fucking I, does. I don't really understand, like... Well, the fox I, I, is supposed to be, like... I think that's, like, Japanese, like, samurai stuff. Because yeah, I know, the like... The supposed to be, like, sly and cunning. But, like, he's... Like, in every story ever told about a fox... The fox is the bad guy, but yet he's well, there's, like him in this one. But but, but no, there, there, there's Mr. something. Fox, Zach, think about there, it. There, there's something about <laughs> there, there's something about fox. I know in like Japanese samurai culture, where there was they were like sim, they were not symbols of anything sly. Like they like led you on your journey. So I bought that, but I don't know why Japanese samurai culture is being brought into this movie. Again, this is just one of those movies that feels like. You say that you hate it, and then people are just going to go, well, you just don't understand it. This is one of those movies. I don't understand it. I don't. That's the problem. I don't get it. That that it's going to be like, it's this genius movie, and then people are just going to be like, oh, you just don't get it. Okay, anybody who says that to me, I'm going to demand they explain it to me so that they they can prove to me that they know what it means. Let's look at the article. So the Green Knight explains... I so there was all these articles like coming out about oh David Lauer spent all of COVID going over like every single visual effect shot to make it better, and then I watched this movie and I was like, where, like where did all of that time go? Because all of the visual effects look like shit. The giants look terrible. The fox looks bad. Like where where did where where did you put all of your energy, David Lowry, in these effect shots? I think what they really meant is this: they put all his energy into the Green Knight. Well, that's misleading, because you have lots of visual effects that suck. Yeah, because the Green Knight looks incredible. I'm, I'm guessing that was makeup and costuming. What website are you looking at when you look at it explained? 
Vanity Fair. Yeah, what do they have to say? I mean, like I said, like the story is really easy. So everybody's going to be like, it's a story about a guy who's trying to mature and become noble with his destiny. Blah, 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 blah. That's what everyone's going to say. But no, I guarantee nobody can explain to me the thing with his mother creating the Green Knight. I bet nobody can explain to me why Alicia Vikander had to play two separate characters. So apparently um, the girdle that he wears, the green girdle or belt, is protecting him. So when he takes it off, like in that scene in his flash forward, that's why his head just falls off. Yeah, I mean, I got that. His mother told him, like, and Alicia Vikander tell her, don't take off the belt. Nothing will happen. As long as you wear the belt, nothing will happen to you. And it's his, it's his mark of shame that he has to wear it forever. See, like, okay. that is just such a better movie than what we got. Like I said, this, this story has so much potential to do things with. And like I said, in the hands of anybody else but David Lowry, I think this is a great movie. Probably a six out of five for me. Because, Chris, you're right. This has all the elements. You're right. Like, if it's just better put together, this is a 6 out of 5 for me, I think. My question is, is like, because this is safe to assume that, like, when he sees his flash forward, right, of how his life could be if he runs away, they make him fucking king. Like, But I think it, but it's a dis. But it's – I got that his life was dishonest. I got well, yeah, it that he, he was ashamed he of up. lying. He knocks so, up yeah. Lucia Vikander number two and then takes their baby and marries a noble woman and like his life definitely he's definitely a fucking scumbag. Like Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I'm just like looking at that series, like I don't understand how he becomes a noble person because he played a game. And it is a game. Like from the very beginning, it is easily said to be a game. Like how he becomes a reputable person well, because so- he went in. Well, what's so you weird know, is that they like they throw that out the window because so Dev Patel right comes forward and he says he says um, okay I'll do it right so then right before he leaps over the table Sean Harris gleans and he goes remember it's just a game flash forward a scene later he stumbles in drunk to their house and Sean Harris is like okay you got to go seek him out right and he's like oh I thought this was just a game and then Sean Harris is like. I don't know. Is it a game? I don't know. Well, that would be interesting, too, if, like, the year passes, he doesn't go seek him out, and I'm like, okay, well, then what happens? Because he the thought he just... comes to fucking kill him, but even though he's going to die anyways. I don't understand why he had to chop the guy's head off. Like, if he did the guy it. looked at him and was like... No, I'm, I'm talking it's about, like, why he, he had to chop the Green Knight's himself. head off. But that's what I'm because saying, he wanted though. to prove himself. But it's why does it have to be? It's not a fight to the death. He was just like, if you, I will release a blow onto you that of equal of what you've done to me. So he could just like take his sword and give him a little cut on the arm, you know? Yes. And then he would yes. have to seek the guy out a year and get a little cut on the arm. But instead, he decides to behead this dude because of a game. Well, that's, well, that's what Zach was saying. It's a chance to prove yourself that you're like you're this worthy knight of worthy of legend. So but that's he, what so I'm saying. Course, why is beheading somebody? Who is challenging you to a game, making you worthy? What I don't understand. Now, okay, now you're arguing does, like cultural stuff of medieval times. You can take a person's fucking, life, so you're noble, you're worthy. Like that doesn't make sense to me. 
how does the Green Knight just walk into this round table, this room of round table, and no one is just like, wait a second, like, what the fuck is going on? And they're all just like, hey, this guy, this this crazy wood guy, who wants to play his game? No one's just like, wait, what? Like, who the fuck is this guy? Like, he's made of trees. <laughs> and everyone's just fine with it. Not only that, I love when Sean Harris is like, your challenge is ridiculous tonight, and if I were a younger man, I'd do it. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm old, so I won't. Anybody else? Anybody? Anybody? I don't know, it makes me interested to read the source material to, like, see how true David Lowry was to it. Like, I wonder, like, if there's an actual, like, much better tale in there. Because I'm sure I there think is, it's, but... Oh, I think it's really simple. Like, I think the bare elements are that. I'm guessing that he took a lot of it and ran with it. Yeah, there's, um... I'm trying to think what what else was there. Oh, some of the dialogue, there's some bits of it I couldn't catch. Like, I think there's a conversation about why the night has to be green. And there was, like, some whole monologue that Alicia Vikander well, goes into and I missed yeah. it. There's definitely like an environmental message, like somewhat baked in. Green well, green, means like life or something like that. Yeah, green. Well, when the story was written, green was something. Um, jealousy. Uh, You're green with jealousy. Green, uh, green color symbolism. Green is most associated. Um, well, that's not what I wanted. Rebirth, yeah. rebirth, and renewal and immortality. No, these aren't the things I was thinking of. Uh. This article sucks ass. What's with the fox? Is the fox who seems to be working both for and against gay when another manifestation of Morgana? Well, it's unclear. Okay, then why is your article called "Explained" if you cannot explain anything? Who's Morgana? The uh. The girl that jerks off Dev Patel. How is he working um, against him? How's the fox working against him? Well, don't ask this article, Chris, because it can't explain shit. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Like, a lot of this stuff just felt like... Joanna Robinson. Oh. Fuck you. I just feel like some of this stuff is like, oh, you know what would be crazy? Like, what if we just put a shot in of, like, there's this fox that follows him around? People are like, David, what does that mean? And he's like, I don't know. Just put it in there. Giant naked people walking around in mist. What does that mean? I don't know. Let's just fucking throw it in there. This feels like... <laughs> it almost kind of feels like a Lars von Trier movie where like, there's just some crazy shit thrown in that you're kind of wondering how it relates. Except that in a Lars von Trier movie, like everything relates. What's I was saying about like, it kind of feels like you're trying to dip into like Lynch area, but I would argue like a lot of stuff that he does is like, like there's like a meaning behind it, like whether it's like yeah it is a like creating an atmosphere or like a feeling, whereas in this I feel like it's simply like, this is some cool imagery that I thought of, let's just put it in there because it's maybe kind of fits. Well, I'm officially out on De on uh, David Lowry. He just referred to the ending of The Green Knight as Sopranos-esque. Oh, fade to cut to black? <laughs> that harsh cut to black? 
Yeah, David Lowry would compare himself to the Sopranos finale. Have you guys heard the interview between Nicholas Winding Refn and um, uh, William Friedkin? Mm -hmm. Yeah, where he (laughs) says that his movies are, like, the best. And then William Friedkin says that that the movie Drive isn't even a pimple on the asshole of film history. (laughs) (laughs) I love Nicholas Winding Refn, though. I love William Friedkin. (laughs) Yeah, they're talking about 2001 A Space Odyssey, and then, like, Nick Wine reference is like, yeah, like, I could see Drive getting to that level. And then William Freak is like, are you shitting me? He's like, we've had 70 years to digest 2001 A Space Odyssey. And he's like, Drive isn't even a pimple on the asshole of film, of cinema history. He's like, we won't know where Drive stands for another 50, 60 years. This guy is such a douche. He sounds like such a douche. He is a Nicholas douche, Winding, like, Nicholas Winding Refn? Yes. Oh, yeah, he's such an ass. Drive, His Only God Forgives, this. Beyond Demon, Bronson? What the fuck is this? Who does he think this guy is? I'm sorry, Chris. Uh, how many movies have you directed? I mean, none, but I'm just saying, like, somebody, even, like, even, like, the most casual movie viewer ever could tell that, like, Drive is not a Kubrick film. It's not even yeah, it's not comparable a cinematic in any way, shape, or form. It's not as important. No. It's better. Yeah, get real. Yeah. 2001 Space Odyssey is boring. Drive is cool. Get real. Get real. Yeah, the like, main have characters you guys, in like, 2001 A Space Odyssey wear a leather jacket with a fucking scorpion on the back. Get real. Yeah, you know, 2001 A Space Odyssey is cool, but like, do, do you get to see him wear shades and w- walk slowly down a hallway? Like, do you see that at any point in time? No, you don't. So, Drive is clearly better. I don't know. Can we stop talking about this shithole of a movie? Sure. Um... Uh, Three out of five for me, and that's only because of the Green Knight. It's a four. Uh, it's a three and a half for me. Shithole, but it's a three and a half. I like a lot of the production development stuff, Chris. They deserve credit for their hard work, even though David yeah. Lowry got away. Oh, I do want to say so the, when the, the, when the camera when the camera rotates 180 degrees to mirror what happens in Midsummer, I almost vomited in my mouth. Because the production design elements, they deserve credit. Dev Patel deserves credit. I thought he was fairly good in the movie. Ralph mm-hmm. Ennison deserves credit. The only person who overshadowed all of that was David Lowry. So, like, the most important person to this movie. I mean, without the rest of them, David Lowry doesn't have a movie. Yes, what? but without David Lowry, there is the- no movie at all. I know we just you can get somebody else to play. You can play some. Get somebody else to play uh, Deb Patel's character. I know we. I know we just finished it, but I did want to ask: Why do you think this movie's called The Green Knight and not Sir Galen? Because the Green Knight's the best character in the movie. Cooler title. But has nothing to do with realistically the Green Knight. Inevitably. I wish it did. I did too. 
I wish the Green Knight was the main character and he had to go after Sir Gawain at the end. You just it's don't like get I it. Those, I just, it's like I hear those tree sounds all the movie. Jake, you just don't understand. I don't understand. To my three and a half, which is that I'm sure, like, in five years, this will be a movie that I love. But I right now, so. it is. I've spent $30 on this movie, and I still don't love it. I don't think there's anything that's going to make me like this. I just... Uh-huh. Maybe maybe I should do a, a fan edit that's, like, 20 minutes shorter. Like, yeah, first off... First, right around, Zach, like, a Zach Stroll's right production. First fan edit. Pulp Fiction without Bruce Willis. Second movie, yeah. The Green Knight, 20 minutes shorter. The without? I was like, because I was, I watched it on my laptop, the way every movie should be watched. And yeah, I, I know it like at the 90 minute mark, right, is when he's in, we introduced the Joel Edgerton character. So if we cut that entire scene, then. He's getting to the Green Knights around the 95-minute mark. And then from there, it's only like five minutes left of the movie. So we're clocking in at an hour and 40 minutes. This might be a much better movie. I like the th- – I mean the three trials thing is is common. It's like I'm fine with all of that. I just think that they just need to be more so, clear and fleshed out. They're so stripped down and bare bones that it's not even clear that he's going undergoing three trials. That's also true too because I don't even – I don't exactly. I didn't get... even put that together until Chris said it, and I was like, because then I counted them back, and I was like, oh yeah, there's three. But I don't even get what his trial is when he meets the ghost. Is it just is the that simply the trial? trial was the trial simply when like he was like, what will you do for me if I go in and get your head? And then she was like, why would you even ask me that? That's when I was kind yeah, of. I mean, it was to oh, test his oh, ability, test. Like, his test his knightly qualities. Yeah, so that makes sense. The third one, like like I said, like I think they're trying to play with the. So maybe like that's why Alicia Vikander has to play the two characters because it's like because she looks like that woman he's in love with, he's more likely to like slip up and fuck her or let her Is give him the a same. Hand, let her. To, I thought it was the same woman. No, no, they're two different, different characters. characters. Oh. See, but that's what I thought when I first saw it. I was like, whoa, this woman that he's been sleeping with as a brothel is really this person's wife. I was like, what a crazy little twist. No, it's not that at all. Hmm. You even watch this fucking movie. Apparently not, dude. Yeah, it's... I don't know. Anyways. Anyways. Well, I like Sean Harris as the king, too. Yeah, he's not bad. I don't know. We'll see. The next movie that I'm really curious <laughs> about is Annette. Should have been Ron Perlman. I want to see Annette only because I'm really curious to all the hype about Adam Driver singing while eating a chick out. What? Yeah, dude, that was all the rave about that movie at Cannes, I think it was. If someone was like, I've never seen a movie where someone's singing while performing Cunning Lingus. You should definitely watch Holy Motors first. Yes, I would like to see that first. Just to get a feel of what this guy is like. I, I mean, I've heard it's not very good, but even like a bad... The thing I was reading was like, it's not a great 
Leo's Karak's movie, but even a, a great, even a not so good Leo's Karak's movie is better than most movies. So I would, I would like to watch it. I Dude, I'll tell you what, though. Movie. It's his first what? I think it's his first English language movie. I think you're right. Dude, the movie that I'm most excited for, though, that has not come out yet, is, uh, I think it's called Prisoners of Ghostland, which is the Nicolas Cage samurai movie. That's not jujitsu? It's not jujitsu. It's like, it's a samurai, some sort of samurai movie, he has to, like, fight like ghosts. My most anticipated movies so far for the rest of the year, two of which I could watch right now if I wanted to, but uh, would be actually I guess I have three: Candyman, Saint Maud, and the fucking Halloween Kills. Those are the like probably like the only three movies I'm genuinely looking forward to for the rest of the year. Oh, you haven't seen Saint? Oh, that's right. I probably hadn't seen Saint Maud yet. Not yet. Yeah, can't wait for Halloween Kills. I saw a tra- new trailer for that in front of Green Knight. Looks great. I think it's going to be violent. Can't wait. Love violence. Uh, what was the other one you said, Zach? Candyman, which we're reviewing oh, next week. Yeah. Candyman, yes, yes. Yeah, I'm excited. We're doing that next week? Yeah, I, I have, I'll have time to get to the theater this week. I just didn't Okay. I thought, for whatever reason, I thought it was on HBO Max, but it's a Universal movie, not a Warner Brothers movie. I thought it was too. <laughs> um, Got it. Oh, that's okay. Yeah, Universal is owned by Warner Brothers. That's why I thought it would be on there, but it's not. Well, speaking of um, Candyman, I guess we can get into some other stuff that we watched this week. I did watch Candyman, the original I, from 1992. I also watched the original. This was the first time I watched for me. I'm assuming not for you, Zach. No, sir. Um, I was very pleasantly surprised by Candyman from 1992. I, f- I fucking love this movie. I really like... Um, I am curious about the... Because the, I thought that maybe like this new Candyman was some sort of like... Like sequel-ish, like loose sequel, but it almost seems like it's a retelling because I didn't really know the story of the original. But from what I've gathered of this new one, it seems pretty similar plot-wise to the original. Some, I think it's supposed to be like a soft reboot, but also like a, a soft reboot sequel, if that makes sense. Sort of like Suicide Squad. I sure. Okay. Because I had I didn't I didn't know that the first one was based on like a reporter seeking out the urban legend of Candyman. Well, she's not a reporter. Sorry, a student doing a thesis, but still research based, which seems like what that's what this new one is about. Yeah, I mean, I I'm sure. I mean, this movie touches on it a little bit about like gentrification but i'm sure this new one will probably lean a lot heavier into that way more racial i'm guessing i will say um this is i think this is a good story for its grounds to explore racial issues with 
I mean, even for 1992, the movie's fairly progressive. Yeah, for sure. I will, like... When I, the first time I watched it, even still, like, to this day, like, some of the violence and the gore, like, still surprises me. Like, I, it, it is quite bloody at times. Mm-hmm. Um, I do love when Virginia Madsen, like, wakes up after blacking out from the parking garage, and she just, like, has the dog's head, and there's, like, blood everywhere. I, like, when that movie took, I had, like I said, I, no, I had no idea what Candyman was about. I thought that was a great little twist to the movie. It was, like, so shocking and surprising. I was like, whoa, where is this going to go from here? Like, I was genuinely engaged and curious. Now, I might have mentioned this when we reviewed it, but, like, this, like, Invisible Man definitely borrows, like, heavily from this movie. Mm, interesting. Tell me more. I'm, I don't remember. Like, I would say that scene of her waking up and, like, blacking out, like, is equivalent to the scene of Elizabeth Moss's sister, like, getting her throat slit in public. Like, from, from there on out, the movies play out almost exactly, like, the same. Oh, yeah, sure, yeah, in a way. And, like... Except the ending of Candyman is cooler. Tony Todd barely has any screen time, but is, like, so menacing. He has a great, great name. He has a great voice for Candyman. I love Virginia Madsen, like, having to, like, crawl through this tower of junk and, like, saving the baby. Yep, I like that a lot. Um, the score is amazing. I die good. I think some of the effects are pretty good. Like, um, they used real bees, Chris, in the movie. That's terrifying. There was some con- there was some thing where they wanted to use real bees. So Tony Todd was like, "Okay, you can use real bees, but I want a thousand dollars every time I'm stung." And, and that's a good agreed, rule of and thumb. And they, they, they agreed to it. How many times did he get stung? 20, 30 times. Oh my fucking gosh. Imagine if he made $1,000 every time he got stung by a bee. Fuck, dude, I'd do that. Yeah. I mean, there was someone, some great, there was someone on set. Great side boob in the movie. There's good side boob. Side boob's in a very important factor. Now, there was one thing, one scene I was just like, mm, you're kind of breaking your own rules here, but I let it slide. It's when, because when isn't the very first time that um, Virginia Madsen and her friend are in the bathroom and they're talking about Candyman, they start saying it in the mirror. Don't they say it five times? No. They don't? Watch it again. Oh, they only say it four times? Yeah. Uh, I thought they had said it five times, so I was like, where is this Candyman? Every time I hear that premise, all I can think of is that episode of South Park where they like go into the mirror and they're like, Biggie Smash. <laughs> Biggie Smash. Wait, so yeah, even dude. though so it's, even though she never said his name five times, he still appears to her then? Well, it's because like he he's trying to like get rid of her. Like she's basically like yeah, he can show up when you say his name five times, but this building, that is his. That is where he resides. Oh, so like because she's... That building, 
Like, no one in that building has said Candyman five times, but he just haunts that building. Right. And so now she's stepping on his territory, which I love the, the idea, which they use in Nightmare on Elm Street, of, like, you know, like he only exists because people are afraid of him. And if people start to think he's not real, then he won't be real. What if you got, like, 20 people to all go to a different mirror within the same town, and all of them were saying Candyman, like, 400 times in a row? Like, what would happen to him? He would just get summoned to, like, 20 different places at once. Continuously. Chris, well, it's like Santa Claus. How does he hit all those houses in one night? You think he would? Or do you think he would be, like... Like, he would be summoned to someplace and be like, yeah, I finally get to kill somebody. And then all of a sudden be like, fuck, I'm being called again. And then he has to go somewhere else. And then, like, that just continuously keeps happening. That's waiting to happen. Sounds like it to me. <laughs> fuck, guys, you mind staying here for, like, five more minutes? I'm being – I've got something across town. This sounds like something that would – that sounds like something that would happen in one of those, like, quick-cut joke scenes in Family Guy. Oh, man. That is Chris's level of humor, so that makes sense. We can make yeah. it. That's all I'm saying. It'll be easy. Yeah, original Candyman's good, Chris. If you haven't seen it, check it out. I'm just not a big horror guy. Like, don't get me wrong. I can appreciate stuff, but I just don't, I just don't get as much out of it as you guys do. I would recommend watching it before watching the new one. I mean, I was planning on it, but... Maybe not. Maybe. You're definitely bound to get more out of it, I will say. That's fair. Okay. I'm convinced. I mean, it's also just a genuinely good movie, too. Like, I think it's got some general, like, genuine good, um, like, gory horror to it. And I think the story is pretty good. And it's not cheesy at all. Like, I thought it was going to be super cheesy, but I don't think it is at all. It's a great oh, I think the opening titles are great too. It's just like a slow pan over this city, and it's like the credits are just like popping up, like mixed throughout. I guess I thought it was really, really good. Good score. My big thought on horror movies is like, we're coming up on Halloween. What are we gonna do for a Halloween episode? Halloween kills, baby. Yeah, well, we've done a Halloween episode. Not doing that fucking again. I'm not doing. Did we doing do all the Halloween movies? <laughs> no, I'm not rewatching fucking Halloween again. Fine, don't rewatch Halloween. Just watch two through eight. Oh my gosh, no! I'm not doing no. Because if we agree on it right now, you would have over a month to watch eight movies. Yeah, but I'm with Chris. I don't think I'm gonna do it. It's two through eight on Halloween, you know. Yeah, I'll do it. Fine, I'll do it. Yeah, yeah you do it for the, you. Yeah, really you do it for us. My arm here. <laughs> Zach, you do it. You do it for us. I definitely don't want to buy the Halloween one through five on four K, man. But now I have to. <laughs> Sorry, bud. This sounds awful. Chris, did you watch anything this week? Uh, the only thing I watched was I've been watching that. Uh, what we do in the shadow show on Hulu. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I have been meaning to watch that. It's fucking hilarious. It is so funny. The so vampires are great characters, and yeah, slam dunk. It's fucking right. 
<laughs> Plus the new season, like two episodes of the new season came out like three days ago, and I think they're doing two a week or something. But it's worth a watch. Lazlo's a fucking riot. I think you'll love him. Gosh. Peace out. Have you seen the have you seen the yeah. movie, Chris? No, I want to watch it. I just the thing is is that like I know that they're gonna be so different. Like it's a it's a similar premise. I just know that like the level of or the, the there's gonna be a difference in comedy. Yeah, the the movie's hilarious. Oh, I don't doubt it for a second. I I was I cannot tell you how shocked I was by how much of um taika waititi i i or like i thought about taika waititi this week because i started to watch the green lantern on netflix i didn't finish it yeah. because it's awful but taika waititi's in that movie it's not that bad it's bad it's bad but taika waititi's in there and i was like shit another another waititi exposure yeah, you got Suicide Squad, then you got Green Lantern, now you got What We Do in the Shadows. I know. It's a YTT week. That's all you've been watching? That's basically it, yeah. Well, that's cool. I've only got one other thing I watched, too. I got ten. Jeez, I'm busy week. ten? It's a b- busy week. Is it Halloween no, busy two through week. eight? <laughs> Not, not yet. I'll watch them though. Well, tell us what you got, Zach. Um, I can lump a few of these together, I guess. And there's a couple that I don't have much to say at all about it. Um, from this year, directed by, hold on, let me tell you, Travis Stevens. I watched a movie called Jacob's Wife, which. Uh, you know, it stars Bar- Barbara Crampton, which is a big deal. Um, she hasn't really done much as of late. <laughs> and so the movie is about Barbara Crampton and this other guy are married. And he's a he's a pastor and she gets bitten by a vampire and is mm. turning into one. And so, like, it's it's kind of like a movie about like sexual awakening like in your later years and also examining like a marriage that's existed for 20 plus years and like the problems that arise from that and like complacency and stuff like that but it also works as just like a a pretty good vampire thriller with like some good kills and some good makeup effects that are that work pretty well um i i enjoyed it a lot more than i thought i would what year is it from? This year. Oh, interesting. I think I it's on Shutter, maybe. I haven't heard of this. Sounds interesting. I don't know. I got the Blu-ray at Best Buy for twelve ninety-nine. So. It's called Jacob's Wife. Yeah. J A K O B. Oh, that's why I can't find it. Oh yeah, from this year, huh? You have to check this out. Good. Would recommend. And then uh, I also watched Blood Red Sky, which is on Netflix, which I would not recommend. Oh, is that the one, the German film? 
on Netflix right yeah, now? So it's a it's the premise sounds amazing, but I promise it's not. It's a vampire on an airplane. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so oh, a vampire would be on an airplane. She's traveling to get treatments. Suppose that's what she's that's her cover. And so she's on an airplane that gets taken over by hijackers. And so, Chris, I know what you're thinking. Wow, that sounds like a real neat 80-minute thriller that's going to be exhilarating and fun. And you'd be fucking wrong. It's two <laughs> hours. It's so boring and so slow. And, like, any kind of tension that could exist is destroyed by, like, just constant flashback scenes and, like, like just spending way too much time with characters that don't do anything. And they... It's pretty obvious that she's a vampire, but they spend, like, so long, like, dragging that out to revealing it. And, like, it's just, like, like... like I have the same complaint about another movie I watched called Gunpowder Milkshake. Mm-hmm. Which is, like... Like, these movies don't need to be two hours long. Like, I don't get it. Like, like why can't movies just be fucking, like, 90 minutes? Like, like <laughs> there are some movies that don't need to be two hours. That is the theme of the week. Gunpowder Milkshake, Blood Red Sky, The Green Knight. These movies do not need to be two hours long. I'm honestly surprised that the Green Knight didn't lean into its pretension and be two hours and like 30 minutes. I was half expecting it. I didn't know how long it was going in, and I was like, I can almost guarantee this is an over two hour movie. And it's two hours and four minutes, but I was anticipating longer. Yeah, much longer. Yeah, I'm surprised it didn't tell you the truth. It just seems like this recent trend of like. Like the like movies just needing to be obnoxiously long. Like, yeah, man. I mean, honestly, like every movie that's recent that I watched this week, I felt like could have been shorter. Mhm. Imagine if this movie was like Flight Plan. I probably would have loved it. That's See, exactly. now I can tell you a movie that you should watch that's only like an hour and a half. And it's a little movie by Brian De Palma, starring Nicolas Cage. Snake Eyes. Snake Eyes. Which I had never have you seen before. Have you, have you guys seen Have you guys seen Snake Eyes? Uh, when I was in high school, I saw Snake Eyes. I don't really remember much about it. Chris, have you seen no. Snake Eyes? I've never heard of it. So it essentially, all takes place. It's like essentially, it's like a one location movie, and Nicolas Cage plays like somewhat of a corrupt cop. And Gary Sinise is his buddy, and he's like a, a a bigwig military guy. And they're all at this boxing match. And Nicolas Cage is essentially just trying to unwind and like bet some money on it. And uh, there's a there's a senator there who's enjoying the fight, and so Gary Sinise is that senator's security detail. And the senator ends up getting assassinated. And so Nicolas Cage is trying to figure out who killed who killed the senator and why and essentially all takes place like in this one like one one arena that's on lockdown 
Hmm. And it's uh, not bad. Nicolas Cage is over the top, as you would expect. Of course. Um, and it's, it's not bad. There's um, there's like an interesting little twist, which I thought that they kind of revealed pretty early. Um, but uh, yeah, it's just you know it's it's kind of middle of the road. It's it's not terrible, but um, it's it's a fun little watch. It's only like it's only like ninety minutes long, so it's a pretty easy watch. Does Nick Cage being like a, 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 a would you say he was would you say he was like his profession? Oh, he's like a, a cop or he's detective. A cop? Detective. Okay. So there's a boxer. That. What's the boxer's name in the movie? Oh, the boxer's name is Lincoln Tyler in the movie. So there's like he's like obsessed with the boxer. <laughs> there's like this scene where he wants to he wants to bet money on the boxer. But the um, this bookie that he knows like won't let him bet any money without having the cash up front, so he ends up like finding this crack dealer in the arena that he recognizes, and he roughs him up and ends up finding like a bunch of crack vials and cash on him. So he steals <laughs> the crack dealer's cash so that he can put it down as a bet, and then like. He like runs into the bookie and like gives him the money and then just as the like just as that's about to happen like the boxer runs by and then Nicolas Cage just kind of turns all crazy and he's like woo yeah Lincoln Tyler like let's go and he's just like Lincoln 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 it's <laughs> just going off the rails for no reason that's the version of Nick Cage I want though I wouldn't want him any other way. Him being crazy for no reason. That's what this movie is. All right. Um, so I mentioned in our review of Suicide Squad last week that it kind of made me want to finally watch Birds of Prey. And I oh, did. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And... I didn't hate it, but, I mean, it's not very good. I think my biggest problem with Birds of Prey is Harley Quinn. Really? Because Harley Quinn's not in Birds of Prey. And this movie could have worked. Look at... Did you watch this, Zach? Did you pick this baby up? No, I watched on HBO Max. Oh. I... I honestly feel comfortable saying that the entirety of the movie Birds of Prey could exist without Harley Quinn. Yeah. Everything in the movie could still happen. And, like, I... I feel like I just did very much dislike the portrayal of Harley Quinn as a character. Like, I think you know, we can all agree that getting your PhD and having your own successful psychiatry business, you'd probably have to be a pretty intelligent individual to do that. One can argue. He's he's always portrayed as this, like, ditzy idiot. And, like... But doesn't the story story go that the Joker destroyed her brain, essentially? Kind of. Didn't he throw her into, like, a vat of acid or something? She is de- no, she willingly puts herself into a vat of acid to prove like herself to him and like she's she's a fine side character but she cannot carry a movie and like which is why they've got like five supporting people which i liked all of those ones 
but her I thought was awful. Like I don't really care. Like I don't understand how she's has no powers, isn't really known like for like her abilities and like yeah, like she's just ridiculously impossible to kill. Mm. Like, like it doesn't seem like it would be that hard. She's a wild card, dude. And like I mean I liked even McGregor in the beginning, but I progressively liked him less and less as he just gets oh, like yeah. increasingly cartoony. I totally forgot he was in that. And I think the editing of the movie is terrible, but other than that, there's some like some visual like flashes that I liked. Like the police but they that's like she's using like rubber bullets in a police station full of armed cops and they can't kill her. And it's like, are you insane? Like how does that work? You are all armed police officers. You have sworn an oath to protect and serve. And you can't gun down this girl with a gun with rubber bullets? <laughs> a bunch of bullshit. Yeah, what's that? Isn't that the scene would... where she's like shooting the like. There's like all the floral stuff going everywhere. Yeah, it's like confetti. Oh, that's what it is. Confetti, because the floral is from Suicide Squad. I think like it's it's kind of fun, like at times, but I don't think it's anything special. I would like to see a Birds of Prey movie with just the three main members of Birds of Prey, but who are the three main people? Uh, Huntress. Black, Black Canary, Canary. and um, whoever the Rosie Perez character is. What's her name? Mm. Renee Montoya. Hmm. Hmm. Um, I got nothing else, Zach. It's all, it's, it's all you, bro. Oh, well, let's see. What else do I even want to like, mention? Um, I watched Freaky, directed by Christopher oh, nice. Lance. I've been wanting to watch this. Vince Vaughn and that other girl, in which mm-hmm. they swap bodies. Mm-hmm. I thought it was a lot of fun. Where'd you watch um, that? It, it's on HBO. Okay. I thought it drags a little bit by the end. But, I mean, I, I like... Vince Vaughn both as like a psychotic killer and as like when he's like acting like a 17 year old girl like I thought it was pretty comical and having like it was it was a lot gorier than I was anticipating but I thought most of the gore was pretty good mm-hmm. nice I mean the movie definitely doesn't take itself seriously like at all like it's it pays lots and lots of nods to different horror movies like you know, there's a scene where Vince Vaughn, like, stabs him into a wall and then kind of, like, cocks his head and looks at him, which is directly out of Halloween. <laughs> and then the girl, like, once she's, her body becomes the serial killer, like, she, like, starts up a chainsaw exactly the way, like, Gunnar Hansen does in Texas Chainsaw. And there's just lots of, like, nods like that that are kind of fun. Um uh, 
Yeah, I mean, I was pleasantly surprised because I thought it was going to be pretty terrible, but it's not bad. Yeah, I own it somewhere over there. I'd what like makes to check no it out. sense to me, though, is like, so most of the movie is like Vince Vaughn with these two kids and like they're trying to find the person that Vince Vaughn swapped bodies with. And it's like, this doesn't, so like, the premise is, they use this knife, and the knife swaps their spirits, and they have 24 hours to reverse it, or it's stuck like that forever. Okay. And it's like, in this scenario, like, both members want to be back in their own bodies. Like, why? I don't understand why one would be running away from the other. Like, they have a limited <laughs> amount of time to do this. Like, it seems like they would have to work together. And then you would figure out the logistics of that, like, afterwards. But wouldn't they okay. be a murderer? Well, yeah, one's a murderer, which is like... So wouldn't you want to run away from that person? Not if you are the murderer and you want to get your body back. It's it's the non-murderer chasing the murderer, which doesn't make any sense. You would think it would be the murderer chasing the non-murderer so that it can have its body back. You would think, yeah. I don't know, maybe that's done intentionally to like flip things on its head, but if, if that's the case... Didn't work for me, Christopher Landon. Try again. <laughs> I'm excited to check it out. It's it's worth a watch. Worth a little, a little poke. Anything else you got? Um, I mean, you've seen the Virgin Suicides, right? Yes, I have. Did you like it? Um. I think I was, like, right in the middle. Like, it's okay, I don't, but not. I don't know if I've really seen, like, a more boring movie. The, the Beguiled. Like, <laughs> Watch The Beguiled. Like, I, I think that maybe The Virgin Suicides was, like, edgy for its time. But I think now, like... I was watching this because Autumn read the book and she wanted to watch the movie. And so mm. we were watching it and I was like, dude, like when do these people start killing themselves? And she was like, <laughs> she's like, just wait, like we're getting there. And I was like, we're, we're an hour into the movie. And like, there's only been one person that died. Like when can we speed this up a little bit? And she was like, don't worry. Like we're, we're getting there. And it's like, I think, you know, 1999 was definitely a much different time than it is today. But mm-hmm. the reason that all these girls commit suicide, like, when you watching it today is like, really? Like, that's your fucking problem? Like, your parents it... are kind of strict? Like, yeah, yeah. That's why, you, that's why you decide to kill yourself? Like, my God. Get a life. Hey, man. It's you have hard this, out there. You have this, hard out there for a teen girl. This ritzy, upper middle class life, and like you just murder yourself because your parents don't let you go out at night. And like in the 1970s, like. Dude, that that's like. Off. Dude, and that's where goth started right there. That's the most goth thing you could do. Oh my fucking gosh. <laughs> Like it just like it's just you wouldn't like have so hot weird. topic. You wouldn't have hot topic without these four sisters killing themselves and the, the, the Virgin Diaries invented hot topic. Yeah, it's just like, like it's such a severe overreaction, and it's like, I mean, I I did not like it, and like 
the movie, I feel like it came out at this time where, like, you know, Sofia Coppola, like, Roman Coppola, Owen Wilson, Wes Anderson, like, they're all, this is when they're spending all their time together because the movie feels like a very much like a Wes Anderson movie. Mm. And, like, because, like, there's, like, it's almost, like, fake talking head interviews that they use and, like, stuff like that feels very Wes Anderson. Mm-hmm. And, like, I don't know. In a different time, it's probably a great movie, but it does not work today. Yeah, I forgot much of it, so I clearly didn't leave a lasting impression with me. But I don't even think I've seen a lot of her movies. Like, I've seen The Virgin Suicides, and I've seen The Beguiled, and that's it. Yeah, I haven't... I mean, we reviewed On the Rocks. I'd hope you watched that. Oh, that's right. That was Sofia Coppola. Sophia Coppola. Why are you making such boring movies, bro? Did she also do Marie Antoinette? Who was that? Marie Antoinette, The Bling Ring, Lost in Translation. Oh, so that's okay. That's one I would like to see. She does have a knack for making boring movies, then. (laughs) (laughs) Shit. I didn't realize I'd seen any of her shit. Oh, my gosh. Is that her shtick? At the end of like like the dramatic climax, and you're just like, that was your problem like the whole fucking time. Like, who fucking who? Like, granddaughter of Francis Ford Coppola must have had such a rough life. I feel like she's (laughs) like, her knack is I'm making a movie that really isn't that exciting, and I'm gonna try and convince you that it's good. Or I'm going to let everybody else try and convince you that it's good. He's a very, like, stylistic director. So, like, I, I would say The Virgin Suicides is a, is a very well-directed movie. It's just fucking boring. Like, I don't feel for any of these characters. Did she don't write the have movie? Real problem. Yes. Okay. Well... Maybe I'm being overly harsh, but I don't feel like your dad not letting you date boys in high school is a legitimate reason to kill yourself. Um, yeah, yeah. I remember very little about fair, that movie. When he did, he did let you date boys, and you all fucked it up. So it's really oh, your bye. own fault. Oh, that's right, because they weren't home by curfew, right? Thanks a lot, Trip Fontaine. How off by curfew were they? Uh, the Kirsten Dunst character like doesn't come home at all. Yeah, she like fucks this dude on the football field, and that's where they stay the night. That seems so uncomfortable. And incredibly unlikely. Like, who does that? At least lay down a blanket. It ain't the Do they have a blanket? No more, bud. <laughs> yeah. Not that it really matters, but, like, did they have a blanket at least? I don't remember. Was it turf or was it grass? Like, these are the real questions. I don't remember. (laughs) Turf or grass, I gotta know. (laughs) If there's turf on the field, play ball. Am I right, Chris? I'm I'm just... (laughs) Gosh. (laughs) I'm just saying if it's turf, you know, like, turf has those little rubber pellets underneath the turf, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, man, you never had turf. You never had turf dick. <laughs> I got turf burn, if you know what I'm saying. <laughs> Shit.
That's gross. Be an awful place to have sex. True. Yeah, it would be. <clears throat> I just don't know why. <clears throat> yeah, I don't know why you would spend the night there. Yeah, I look. I'm glad I watched it. You know, it's it's one of those quote unquote classic movies that people talk about. But yeah, you guys, you haven't lived until you've seen the version of Suicides. People talk about it like it's a classic. I've never seen it, so I'm just. It has the the stigma of a Criterion release, so. Mm. Well, so does Armageddon. So take that take that what you but will. Armageddon. Armageddon is great. Yeah, it is. I'm just saying, take from it what you will. Bruce Willis, Ben Affleck, Michael Clark Duncan, Steve Buscemi. Owen Wilson, all within one flick, and Aerosmith making a song for it. Ugh, yeah, that was man, a recipe for success. Yeah, I hear you. But that's it for me. That's all I got. Chris, anything else you want to say? Nope. Um, Candyman next week for sure? Yep. Chris, for sure? Sure. I'm in. Boom. Candyman. Well, thanks, as always. Thanks for stopping by. Come back next week. Check out our review of Candyman. And until next week, stay safe out there. Bye-bye. All right, I'm going to get one more cup of coffee before we start recording. I much miss Randy Johnson. How long do you think before baseball is not a sport anymore? I bet baseball will be a sport forever. Really? Yeah, I think eventually football is going to go, and people are going to try and find something to compensate for that. And I think basketball, like one sport, just isn't enough for the U.S. I think football will be the first to um, disintegrate. I doubt it. I really do. I think because like they're they're tightening so much on the sport and i think there's going to be a lot of medical stuff that comes out beyond what's already come out over the next couple years because they've just started to finally dive into it into investigating it that eventually they're just going to like people are just going to stop watching i feel like like the numbers for baseball like continue to go down like every year yeah but like they're finding ways to compensate for that i don't understand how like 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 attendance is going down viewership is going down mm-hmm. and like they still managed to hand out like 500 million dollar contracts oh gosh yeah well because like majority of their money comes from viewership like not viewership but like contracts with uh um places to get the games on their channels and they have so many fucking games that people pay like buttloads of money to get that on the television but I'll say, like, eventually it will get to a point where, like, it's not worth it for CBS to have, you know, they, maybe they'll have the World Series, but having, like, games, like, just play, like, it won't be beneficial for them. Yeah, but they'll they were far it. away off from that. Like, if they're making, like, if they're still at a point where the contracts are so huge, then we're, we're far off from that happening. Well, basically we'll get to a point where, like, where hockey is, where it's, like, yeah, you can watch a game that's in your network, but nothing else. Mm-hmm. I think hockey will 
always stay where it is. Football. Well, it's largely not an American sport. Well, I mean, yeah, I guess. I mean, there's a whole bunch of, like, basketball will get bigger. I don't know why. I don't see the excitement, and I think it's kind of boring. But I mean, baseball is pretty fucking boring to watch. Yeah, it is, but the thing is, is that, like, Watching basketball play, like, it's such a fast-paced game, but you're watching the same thing over and repeated, 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 repeated for, like, the entire game. Like, there's only so many times I can watch somebody dunk a basketball and be like, oh, my gosh, that was so ferocious. That's incredible. Before it gets like, oh, he just dunked the ball. That's crazy. But I think basketball has the thing that no other sport really has, which is the player that just dominates. Like, it's possible for one player in a basketball game to just completely take over the game. Yeah, but the thing That's is... That's exciting like, to watch, but it, that doesn't happen in any other sport. Um, I would say it happens in a slower form in football. It's not possible. There's too many other variables for one player just to, like, shine. It's not the same as basketball. I mean, I would say it doesn't happen as often, but like, like let's put it this way: people watch football for the for the big play. Like, people watch football for the one big run, the long pass, the interception. Like, that's why people watch football. They watch it for the big hit. Nobody's watching to see, you know, Saquon Barkley Barkley grind out a three yard run up the middle, even though that is one of the most effective ways to win. People aren't just watching it for that. Um, and but like, there are days where like Calvin Johnson when he caught for, like, 270 yards in a game, or, like, when Lamar Jackson rushes for 150 yards and Pat Mahomes throws a pass falling down. Like, he's, they're, they're taking over the game single-handedly. Well, I think the one thing football has that no other sport has is the casual viewership. Well, yeah, because it's people, on Sunday. I don't, think people, I don't think people are casually watching basketball. People aren't casually watching baseball. Like, that's why I don't think the NFL is in trouble. They're not going to go anywhere because so many people just casually congregate to watch it. And I understand, like, here's the thing. Football, what it has going for it is football has a day. Like, they have an entire day where, like, a very good portion of the country is specifically sitting down to watch football. Like, baseball is scattered throughout the week. So, like, people miss games, but they tune into other games. And that's kind of where baseball's upside is, is that there's 162 games in the season, which they should shorten anyways. It should be, like, 100 games max. But, like, they have 162 games, and they can tune in on Monday, miss three games in a row, and then tune in on Friday. And, you know... At that point, you're getting the view, and it may not be as much, but it still makes it worth people's while because they're able to tune in whenever they fucking please because there's, like, so many games packed in within a certain time frame. Football's not going anywhere because of fantasy football. <laughs> I'm serious. I don't think that's the key holding it all together. Yeah, it is, dude. No that way. is so much money gambled on fantasy football mm-hmm. that it'll only get bigger. I wouldn't say it would ever like, get bigger. I think dude, football is at its peak financially. Bigger, bigger. No way. Dude, they're literally they literally have ESPN segments now digesting fantasy football numbers. Oh, and gosh. Like, who to draft on you. That's what I'm saying. When you get to that level, 
dude, you're, that's never slowing down. There's so much money to be made off it. I mean, they had similar shit about horse racing, but I don't see the racetrack in Bangor doing that well. Okay, but you're also I talking about a time when people were going to race. I Bangor is doing that well. <laughs> so horse races, horse racing was big when you didn't have television. Okay, fine. Um, fucking racing. Like, any kind of racing, really. Like, even what racing cars. About? What about racing? What about them? Like, you don't see, like, there are television series um, dedicated toward the, towards these races and how well these people are performing and where to hedge your bets, stuff like that. But, but sure, it's but like, not like, like they're that big. The other sports. There's no casual racing watchers. Like, there's so many casual football watchers. I would say there's casual yeah. basketball watchers. I doubt it. I really do. Maybe casual NBA Finals watchers. I mean, let's put it this way. Like, I think a lot of people are watching basketball casually because of who is playing. Like, regardless of whether, you know, you're a basketball fan, you watch LeBron James. You watch Steph Curry. Like, it's the same reason that people watched Michael Jordan. Like, they may not like basketball, but they know Michael Jordan. They can appreciate what he's doing off of the court. Not even just good for his community, but in general. Like, his existence. I don't know. I think if we're losing a sport in 10 years, it's baseball, not football or basketball. I mean, we're not losing a sport in 10 years. Like, that's... We're just basketball not. also has such an overseas market that baseball doesn't. Baseball has an overseas market? I didn't say they didn't have an overseas market. It's not as big as basketball. Um, yeah, I mean, like, yeah. Baseball is, like, super popular in Japan, but, like, other than that, like, it's a popular Dominican Republic, but you're not really going to get a baseball league over there. Well, it, but there's so many other why baseball. NBA players were asked not to comment on the Hong Kong riots, because yeah. they have such a massive audience overseas. I mean, they have a massive audience in China. They have, I mean, there's so many different other leagues, too, like the French League and the fucking Australian League is pretty good. The Chinese League is pretty good. Yeah, I can see why basketball has a huge international viewership. It's like the guy on The Bachelorette, right? He played he played football in, like, France. And so he goes on the show and is like, oh, yeah, I'm a professional football player. It's like, well, technically. <laughs> but in America, that has a different connotation to it. Sure, you're a professional football player, but my buddy Steve, who played at Penn State, could still kick your ass. <laughs> I'm excited to see how college sports blow up. Now they can be paid? Yeah, I think it's going to. I'm excited to see how if the caliber of athlete increases if one of our sports starts to dwindle. Because then that will funnel all the athletes that would have gone into that sport towards us. True. Frozen. I just got booted. You good, Jake? Can you not hear us? Can you guys hear me? I can hear you. Your screen's still frozen. Frozen still? Yeah. But you both are now for me. Okay. Still frozen? 
I'm sure it will come back eventually. Hey, Chris, you don't have any. You don't have any uh, background for me. You sound different. I sound different. Yeah. Like you, sound like talking, you sound like you're talking through a phone. So yeah, it sounds like okay. you've called into a radio show. Yeah. Okay, hold on. I'm gonna quit out of everything and just re. Hold on. I'm gonna go grab a cup of coffee. Is that better? No. What the fuck? Oh, oh, hold on. Is that a little bit better? Yeah, that's better. There we go. I just heard fuck. Me too. Dude, is Chris getting yelled at? Chris, are you in trouble? <laughs> hey, do you want any of my movies that I'm giving away? What are they? You can choose from Rampage, Power Rangers, The Disaster Artist. The Endless, The Commuter, Free State of Jones, Gangs of New York, The Gentleman, Unsane, Skyscraper. Oh, sorry, you can't have that one. Mom's got that one. Oblivion, Absolutely Fabulous, The Twilight Series, Neighbors, Rango, Overlord, Natural Born Killers, The Mummy with Tom Cruise, Mother, It's Complicated, Isle of Dogs, The Hunger Games series. The fuck is Why are you getting rid of them? Um, they're just... Most of these movies are like, I bought them really cheap, I watched them, I don't really like them, so I'm just getting rid of them. Jacob, are you familiar with the PayPal paying for? No. It's been amazing. What is it? So, I've used it on Best Buy. Let's say you want to buy $400 worth of Blu-rays, but you don't want to spend $400 today. Okay. PayPal now offers a paying for option at select retailers where it's accepted. So you pay oh. for your yeah. For your $400 Blu-ray purchase in four easy to manage payments of $100 each. Yeah, I have heard of I've seen this. I have seen this um on it was funny when sometimes Rachel buys cheap shit off Forever 21 and it would be like you get a shirt for like five dollars, and it'll be like, "Do you want to do the four-in-one payment of like a dollar twenty-five each?" <laughs> it's weird that they don't have like a minimum, but like you must spend X amount of dollars to get paying for. But you can literally, like, if I wanted to buy one five-dollar Blu-ray, like I could split that over four payments if I wanted to. What's the there's no interest there's no interest you link it directly to your bank account they just take the money so like it's not like you don't even have to think about it chris you can't forget to make a payment they just take it from you that's crazy dude 
That is pretty crazy. That's how I bought my new laptop. PayPal paying for. That's pretty cool. I mean, it makes sense for bigger purchases. You don't have to do it all at once. Yeah, I didn't want to drop $1,000, but spending $236 every two weeks seems better. Every two weeks? Yeah, you pay it over two months, so you, you make a payment every two weeks. Oh, I see. I got you. Um, yeah. What kind of laptop but, you got? MacBook Pro. Oh, fancy. Any of those movies sound interesting to you? Uh, you'll have to send me the list again. I wasn't really listening. Okay. Actually, I sent one to Mom. I'll just send it to both of you. Anybody, you guys can have what you want. Hey, you don't have like a bull moose in your area. Uh, I don't. I have a a bull moose equivalent, which I just found out about like two months ago. What's it called? And they do trade and stuff. Yeah, it's called Second and Charles is the name of the store. And it's essentially like a bull moose. There's like video games, books, movies, vinyls, CDs. Second and Charles? Yep, Second and Charles. Second, so it's the number two ND ampersand Charles, I think is how they spell it. Ampersand. Fancy. So I've already taken I've taken some movies there already. Um and I got some got some decent cash back and bought some stuff and now like when I was setting up my movie shelves finally, like I was just going through and it was just like I don't even like this movie. I'm not gonna watch him again. Like I just got rid of him. So I'm just gonna get rid of him. Bought the Twilight series. Made us all watch the Twilight series. It's now getting rid of the Twilight series. <laughs> Fuck yeah, dude. I'm never... Which is funny. I didn't even watch them on my Blu-rays. I just watched them on Netflix. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my fucking gosh. It's funny. Skyscraper, House of a Thousand Corpses, and The Devil's Rejects is already taken. Well, I obviously already own House of a Thousand Corpses and The Devil's Rejects. Of course. Anything else the, you guys you can have? The gentleman on four K. Mm-hmm. What's the gentleman? It's a guy Ritchie movie with Matthew McConaughey oh, and cool. Charlie Hunt Charlie Hunnam. I watched that. I just don't have a four K player, so no. You have an Xbox One S. No, I don't. It's only a regular Xbox. Xbox One. Dude, my four K my four K player just shit the bed fucking pissed what'd you do i don't know stick your dick in it or something i packed it up it was working fine before i moved i packed it up brought it over here it's been sitting in a box for like two months i finally set it up the other night was watching a movie and it just fucking stops working now it's time to go region free i gotta not i had to like fucking eject it and finish watching on my xbox i'm fucking pissed Oh no, my one 4K player went down, so I had to put it in my other well, 4K wait, player. Wait, but did I, didn't I tell you why I had to buy a 4K player? No. Yeah, it wouldn't read one of the discs. Yeah, it wouldn't the Xbox wouldn't read? Oh, seriously? Man of Steel. Yeah, I guess like um, when they first did 4K movies, there was some pressing that they did that's not readable by like Xbox. 
So there's like so in theory, there's like a slew of movies out there that won't be able to play on my Xbox, and I won't know what they are until I buy them, and then just they just don't work. Xbox also isn't the best 4K player. It's serviceable, but I prefer the legit player to the Xbox. Hey, dude, I was not happy. Maybe like, maybe there's like a, maybe there's like a sale or something happening. I can get a new one. You can do a PayPal paying for. I could do a PayPal paying for, but don't you have to? I'm guessing you have to have a PayPal account, right? Yes, you do. Which I don't have. No. You've never bought anything on eBay or. No. See, see, shit, because this was the player that I had, and it was a, it was like a Black Friday sale when I got it. So now it's up to like two hundred dollars. I mean, Black Friday is fucking two months away. That's true. I could just hold out. It's not like I'm watching in a ton of movies at the moment. I could just hold out for another sale. <laughs> yeah, this one just looks like really simple and shitty for a hundred bucks. Fuck. I mean, I just gotta do some more troubleshooting and see why it stopped playing, but. I don't know why Mom, it would have that any sense. Mom offered me her 75-inch TV. Well, f- why? Because they're getting a new one. What are they getting? Well, they're... So the HDMI 1 port, I guess, stopped working. So, like... they have. Did you, the, invest- the, did you investigate this first? No, because I don't care. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> they have the manufacturer... Well, I was going to, and then she told me they have the warranty on it, and I said, oh, well, fuck it. It's not my problem, then. And so they're, they're literally just getting the TV replaced. For <laughs> oh, I got you. I got you. So she's offering me, like, the TV that doesn't have the functioning HDMI 1 port, which, I mean, is fine, because HDMI 2 probably works just fine, but... Right. Do you take it? I feel like I'd be stupid not to, but I also don't have a place in an apartment with vaulted ceilings on both sides for a 75-inch TV. Dude, flip it. I guess, but... I also don't want to try to sell and transport a 75-inch TV multiple just, places. Just sell, don't transport. You They gotta pick it up. How much is a region free player? Depends. Give me a range. Mm, let's look. Is a play? Do you play. think there's like a? Do you think like a player is a player? Like I don't know. What? I don't know what that means. Like, like, do you think just like a 4K player is just a 4K player is a 4K player? Like, you can get, like, is there really a lot of bells and whistles you can add for all these price ranges? It's more like about how well the player performs. I see, okay. Because, like, there's an LG one for 180, which isn't bad. So, re- okay, I guess I should look at region free 
4K players. Well, 4K players are region. 4K is region free. So it's more about the Blu-ray. 4K player. is region free, but you can buy four. You can buy region free Blu-ray players that don't support 4K. Oh shit! Okay. It would be like a, just a regular Blu-ray player, but region free. What does region free even mean? It means you don't have to buy from the United States. Yeah, you're looking at. Why would you want to buy from anywhere else, baby? They have different releases than we do. Different distributors. So? Some cuts aren't allowed in the United States. Yeah, but, like, if it's not produced in the U.S., is it even worth it? you got to ask yourself, like, the big questions. Nothing's I mean, produced Arrow in the United States. Arrow is a U.K. I don't know what you're talking about. Sorry, guys. I was born in the U.S. of A, baby. This guy doesn't even know what Arrow is. Yeah, they range from about 250 to 400 bucks. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I could, I could, I could do that. Where can I buy them? You have to buy them on eBay. They have to, oh, because they're being sold from overseas. Well, let me take that back. I don't know if you have to buy them on eBay, but there's no like, there's no company that makes region free players. They're all like, they're like manipulated players to be region free. I don't want that. You're essentially like it's it's basically like hacking an iPhone. Like you're you're taking a gamble either way, but I don't want that. There is no major Blu-ray company that makes a region-free player. Hmm. Hmm. Interesting. All right. Well, let's get let's start recording. Three, two. One. Oh wait, are we doing uh, recording the shit on the, the other shit? No. I would say I've been doing that, and then I feel like Zach. I'm recording on Audacity. I don't even have Audacity cool. on my laptop, I'm so good. no. Yeah. All right. Then we'll go based off of this.